You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. I grew up a Mets fan, so of course I was a big Mets fan for the teams that he orchestrated. He put together some of the you know more powerful Mets teams that we've seen in franchise history. Well associated with the Mets, and then I had an opportunity to work with them for a year or so at SNY on Baseball Night in New York, and then I get word that Omar Minaya is joining the New York Yankees front office. So I happen to be on at a decent hour today. I figured, you know what, let's call Omar and talk some Yankees if he's available. Omar Manaya, senior advisor with the New York Yankees, joins us right now. Omar, how you doing? You getting used to those pinstripes yet? What's going on, my man, Sal? I love it. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I appreciate taking the time. I got to be honest with you. Me and Duquette, we look at some of the pictures sometimes. We see it there in the Yankee polo. It's weird looking at you in Yankee gear still. <laughs> You know, you're not the only ones. You know, Sal, I'm a guy from Queens and been in Queens my whole life. Uh, but you know what? Uh, Yogi Berra was a Yankee and became a man, and Tom Seaver was a man and became a Yankee. Uh, a lot of history. Joe Torrey was a man and became a Yankee. So, you know, I'm telling you guys that, you know, have done that in the past, and especially New York guys, whether it's Lee Mazzilli, Willie Randolph. Mm. Uh, but you know what? A Queen guy being in the Bronx um, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's, there's precedent for that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, your, your guy I'm Beltron. Part, I'm part of that group. I'm yeah, part yeah, of that group. Yeah, yes, right. Sir. No, you're not part, uh, part of the group to be associated with both organizations. How's the, before we get into some of the specifics with the club now, Omar, how's it been with the balance? One of the reasons I think Brian Cashman decided to hire Sabian and yourself is to maybe bring a little balance, right? You're more of a scout background as opposed to the data and analytics that I understand the importance in the game, but the Yankees have been heavily relying on that and maybe been criticized for it. How's the balance been so far in your workings in that Yankee front office? Well, first of all, you know, uh, the first thing is as far as being criticized, and I've heard that that that, uh, that being said, but you got to talk about the guys, the Yankees as far as when it comes to how they've been in the playoff and all that, and, and that part of, the quote-unquote, the data group. For me, Sal, I mean, it's just unbelievable young, real bright talent, starting off with Michael Fishman there and all that. And, you know, I was, I mean, brought in because I'm a, I'm a veteran baseball guy, experienced baseball guy. When you experience baseball guy, you know what that means, Sal? You have a lot of mistakes. That's what you mean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, I don't take pride in my mistakes, but all I can do is try to help along the way. I think Brian Cashman, from Brian to Hal Steinbrenner to Randy Levine, as a group, they want to just, whenever decisions are made, that you have the best input. And I love, um, you know, being part of this group here and all the, you know, whether it's the leadership uh, in the data department, but the leadership uh, it starts with Brian Cashman, and then of course on the field, it's uh, you know it starts with Booney, and you know being part of this organization, it's it's a lot of fun for me. It's been, 
I've been welcomed by everybody in the organization. And look, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they're the Yankees. It's a brand, and, you know, it's it's about not only getting to the playoff for the Yankees, it's about getting to the World Series and trying to win the World Series. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, just to let you know. And you guys are off to a great start. And I got to say, you know, we've been talking about Brian Cashman here the last couple of days. Omar, it seems he does this once a year. Franchi Cordero, what the hell? How did you guys find this guy? Kind of out of nowhere where Cashman does it with Luke Void. You know, even Cameron Maben off the scrap heap. He well, contributed. Matt Carpenter. Well, exactly. Remember Carpenter last year. And I will tell you this. How he does it, he listens to his people. I've been there. It's a collaborative information decision uh, and what I, I've been part of just watching and being there for just a couple of months is very simple. Brian trusts his staff. He trusts his people and, and decisions are made and some people may agree or disagree but in the end of the day if, if the word collaboration uh, you know that's the definition of collaboration is how Brian Cashman uh, uh, leads. That's how he does it. So what did you guys see? Let's use Franchi Cordero specifically. What did you guys see in this player that made you think, hey, you know what, with us, maybe we could get the most out of him here and he could be a player that could be an impact bat for us, even if uh, it's just part of the season? Well, there are usually underlining uh, numbers, and that's where the data department comes in. Usually like, uh, underlining numbers uh, that show, hey, this guy, you know, he does impact the ball, whether it's, whether it's uh you know, when you look at his exit velocity, you know, there is some questions about strikeouts there, and he is a change of position guy. But in the end, what really led the decision was going to be like, listen, we just from a balance standpoint from Booney wanted a left-handed bat. And then the other thing that can play, he can play left, he can play right, and that versatility and impacting the ball came in. You know, as far as from the traditional style, whether it's Sabian, myself, or you got, you know, Jim Hendry, uh, and, and, you know, you have a whole bunch of different, you know, leader guys that are on the, uh, on the scouting side, Tim Nering on the scouting mm. department. We look at a guy that say, okay, well, what's his age? You know, he's been, you know, he was, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have Cordero when we were in the Padres. We signed him at an early age, so I had history with him as a person. You know what I'm saying? But it was all a collab. These decisions are made uh, uh, in collaboration of the data department and the and the quote unquote the uh, what, we, what people call the traditional the eyes scouting side. What's you know everybody thinks about Gene Michael. Everybody said, well, what do, what do the eyes tell you? And what kind of that Gene fitting into what that 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 philosophy that Gene Michael says? What do the eyes tell you? It's a collaboration and the impact. The ball you know jumped off the bat. The extra velocity was there, but the eye told us about the age and everything else. Okay, and it's been a revelation at least so far through these first, you know, fourteen games, whatever it's been with the or twelve games now for the Yankees. You guys have won the first four series of the year. One other storyline, and I know we've talked about this a lot, whether it be with the Mets or the Yankees, Omar prospects can become suspect at times. Anthony Volpe, though, is one who is a legitimate player, won the job for you guys out of spring training, gets the starting job at shortstop, off to a little bit of a slow start. He rocked one today to start the game, which I thought was encouraging. What have you seen with Volpe so far at the major league level? And then how long do you let it go if he does continue to struggle a little bit? Well, you know, when you commit to a prospect like Volpe, and Volpe's going to be fine. One of the things that we talked about in spring training is when we commit to a kid like that, we're going to commit to him. And the truth, if you look at historical uh, guys, young players, they take a little time to kind of, you know, just, uh, you know, adjust to the, it's the major leagues and they're young and 19, 20 years old. So they go from an age separation of playing against guys three years 
older than them to maybe guys 10 years older than them. Take that into account. You know, Volpe's going to be fine. Now, you have to respect it is the major league, and there's no doubt when we talked about it, we were committed to giving him some time, and, and Booney did a great job yesterday taking, giving him a breather. So what does he do? He puts him in the leadoff spot. And what does he do? He gets a knock. That's a great job. It's a, you know, that's Booney and the staff. You know, here we go from ninth to and Booney putting him in the leader spot is telling him, hey, kid, we believe in you. And right. the kid responded. Right, and that's what I like about it, Omar, because, hey, look, I know you guys, once you make that decision, it's, hey, we're making this decision, we're not turning back, which is why it's such a tough decision. Once you give him the job, you're not going to want to be sending him back down there, but... I don't care how good you are. If you don't have success at the highest level, you're going to have some doubt creep in. And I think you bring up a great point that I really didn't think about. Boone putting him in the leadoff spot after the off day, knowing he's struggling, showing some confidence, trying to guide him along a little bit. Maybe that gets Volpe going here offensively. Well, that's something that you can't quantify. That's something that we as experienced baseball people and Booney brings to the table. You can't quantify that. You cannot quantify that decision. But you can, from a development standpoint, you know, say, hey, that's a, that's a big message. What are you seeing from Glaber Torres? I mean, look, Omar, this is a guy who was an all-star. He was supposed to be one of the, you know, 2018, 2019, you're talking about one of the young, bright faces in Major League Baseball, a young star in the making, and then he fell off a little bit, 2020, 2021, 2022. I know he puts up good numbers for a second baseman anyway, but there were higher expectations for Torres. He's off to a red-hot start. What are you seeing from Glaber? What I'm seeing is a guy that's out there playing, you know, to his expectation. I mean, and I say expectation, the type of different expectation. There's people that put expectations that are not real. He's just a good player. He's a good player. He's a winning player. He's out there. He's hitting the ball. I love it when he's staying in, in, in the middle of the field. And when he stays in the middle of the field, he's an all-star. Yeah, he's hitting the ball the other way. You know Glaber is going well. How about Peraza? We, you know, He was supposed to be the starting shortstop, or at least it was his job to lose in spring. I'm trying to figure out, Omar, how there's going to be a path for Peraza to make an impact at the big league level this year. You think that's possible? Of course. Now, of course, I haven't seen him because I'm new here, and I've heard a lot of great things about him, so you know, Sal. So all I can tell you is there's a lot of great baseball people, not only in the Yankees, in the industry, that talk well about this young man. You know, in spring training, he was a little bit hurt. But you're talking about a young man that plays in the middle of the field that a lot of teams, a lot of teams have interest in, have had, had interest in, in the past. All right, let's move on to the rotation. The Yankees have been hit hard a little bit with the injuries to start here. Rodone, Severino. You, are you concerned at all? And I know you always say, you know, you can never have enough starting pitching. Are you concerned a little about, uh, a little bit about that rotation and maybe the lack of depth after being hit so hard? Listen, you never want to have injuries. You never want to have injuries and those kind of guys. But you got these guys that want, you know, they, those injuries that are at least that are out there, you know, these guys are going to, when they get, when they get in the mound and it's, uh, thank God we're in April, they're going to be okay. So I, I am not concerned because I think they're going to be okay. How about the, from a general manager standpoint, Omar, just in general, whether it was your days with the Mets or, you know, being in the Yankees front office now, what you see in April is not going to be the same team, especially with the Mets and Yankees, where they're teams that are built to win the World Series. But how do you, are you in evaluation mode for the first couple of months? You know, with the Mets, it's about when they're going to try to bring up their prospects because they're struggling offensively. With the Yankees, it's trying to, you know, hold the fort down until some of these guys, whether it's Bader, whether it's Rodon, as we mentioned, Severino, whether some of these guys come back uh, and, and healthy and be a part of it. What are, you, what are you doing early on in the season as a general manager when there really aren't that many moves out there to be made 
Well, I can only speak from my experience, and I can tell you that Brian Cashman, what he's doing, uh, and and you're talking about when you talk about Cashman, you're talking about a Hall of Fame, Hall of uh, Hall of Fame general manager. You have another guy next to him, and my, whether it's you know what, like a Brian Savior. Right. I could tell you as a group, so whether it's a general manager with the Yankees or a general manager, any team, what you do is most of the general managers do in April is pretty much evaluate your talent to see where you are. You hope you get out of spring training healthy. And most general managers, so it's what they do is in this time of year, and I will tell you with the Yankees, one thing about Cash is he's like 24-7 working, and he's definitely talking to everybody. But in end game, you evaluating you know, like you said, you know, you have spring training. You don't want to get too crazy spring training. You got April's. We say the lights go on. Hmm. And what Cash is doing is pretty much just looking at this team and seeing what can we get better. What's it like looking at Aaron Judge on a daily basis here? I mean, as you say, the dude posts, right? He's been going out there last year. He was healthy this year to start off to a nice start as well. I mean, he's the best home run hitter I've ever seen in my life, and he's more than that. He's a terrific ball player. What have you seen uh, now up close in person with Aaron Judge? Well, first of all, he's the best player in the game right now. It's very easy to say that for me, and you know, that's just my evaluation. When I say that, when you look at what he's done and his number, uh, but what I've seen as, as the person, the man, the representative of baseball, um, you could not have a better representative of baseball than Aaron Judge. What I've seen, and we've all, you know, been around, I think over the years I've been around some, some pretty good guys, but this guy is at the top, you know, he's, he's top of the top when I've been around myself. Yeah, a great choice to be Yankee captain. He obviously takes that, uh, you know, and holds it in high regard as he should, but man, he is just something else. Because I catch myself watching these games, Omar, thinking, man, we're witnessing history. I know we saw it last year. But every time he steps to the plate, you're watching an all-time great in his prime with Aaron Judge. It is remarkable what he's been able to do in his career. Well, Sal, the thing that the you know, fortunate is, you know, when I came on board with the Yankees, the first thing I did was go, you know, when you go to a new organization, you want to learn about it. You want to get to find out, and I'm a bottom-up guy. Let me find out from the minor leagues. Let me find out the minor leagues department. Let me see the find, find out the facilities and all those things. So I get to Tampa, I believe, in maybe like middle January, and who's out there working? Aaron Judge. Mm. <laughs> He's out there working in spring training, like pre-spring training. What people don't realize, these great ones, how hard they work, how much time they put into it. Right. They'll lead by example, and you're right. People just see the results. They don't see the work, the process that it takes to get there. We're talking with Omar Minaya, of course, senior advisor, for the Yankees, former general manager of the Mets. One more specific, Omar, to the Yankees, and then a couple just around baseball, maybe that pertain to the Mets even. You like Stanton in the outfield. There was a lot of talk about that where the Yankees feel like it might keep him healthier, actually, because that's been an issue for John Carl Stanton if they have him more active in the outfield. Do you like that idea, maybe moving well, Judge? I think to he left? likes to play the outfield. If he likes to play the outfield, I do like it, yes. Yeah, so all right. So if he's gonna if he prefers that, then you're okay with that. And I don't want to go over the you know look when Bader comes back, he's gonna be a decision to be made with Hicks or ICAP or whatever. That's maybe for uh, another day because the Yankees are playing well so far. Uh, anyway, changing gears a little bit, Omar, to the WBC and Edwin Diaz. I mean, how, give me your thoughts on the World Baseball Classic. And I know I need to move on as a Met fan, but having that happen to Diaz, 
it, it sucked. It's seeing that happen. Well, I, you know, me and you worked together there in SNY. I would have loved to have been there the day that, that, and I say this, it was a sad day, you know what I'm saying? But I know my friend Sal, who I love to work with. I love his passion. I love his, he'll talk, I mean, and I would love to see and thought what your reaction was, uh, because I know you are working with you. But to answer your question, uh, I was there myself. I was at the event. Uh, I, you know, I was like so surprised. But the WBC, when you look what, I mean, like, I'm a, listen, I've been a big believer in international baseball for many years. Been part of different committees in international baseball. I'm a big believer in international baseball. And I know that from Eddie Diaz, from Edwin Diaz getting hurt. But, you know, and I, listen, it, it, it's being there, Sal, it's unbelievable. It's good for the baseball. It's good for the team. It's good for, I mean, like, it, it, it could not be better than what we saw in Miami this past trip. And if you're a Mets fan, I understand. Yeah, I hate so listen, it. You know, it's just those things can happen in spring training. Guys got hurt in spring training. So I, I'm a big believer in the WBC. Is, is there, I was calling it, I mean, just so, to give you an example, because I know you weren't there, you're working with the Yankees on BNNY, I was calling it the worthless baseball classic, because it, to me, it ruined the Mets, you know, it, t- it took part in ruining some of the Mets season here with losing them, and you're right, injuries could happen at any point, but it just stunk. Is there a better time that you think the WBC could play, it, or, or, or this is it, March? No, I think this is it, that's it. And let me tell you something, Sal, when I was the GM with the Mets in 2006, we send more players to the WBC than any team in baseball. Because hmm. I'm a big believer. I'm like, I was calling countries, hey, you want to take my player? Take my player. Because I'm a big believer that the WBC, what it does is it, it, it highlights competition. And one thing I can tell you as a talent evaluator, okay, I love competitors. I love guys that want to compete. And when you put that, when you put that in front of you or your country and guys want to compete, I want that guy. So a lot of people criticize me for 2006 because, oh, my God, you're taking too many guys. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? In 2006, we had a great year, and we had competitors. I'm a big believer that the, the international baseball, the WBC, creates – I want to see guys compete. You know what? What we got to see there between Otani okay, and Trout, it does not get better than that. You know, the Mets, by the way, Omar, have not put together an offensive team as good since 2006. You're aware of that, right? Well, I'm, I'm, all I can tell you is that <laughs> we put a good team together, but the Mets have a good team today right now. That I can tell you. Two more things for you, Omar, before we let you go, and I do appreciate your time. Actually, three more. I, I lied. I want to ask you about your son, who's now in the NBA with the Blazers here, who got an, an opportunity. But before before that, replay was a big issue in a Yankee game this afternoon. I was applauding the umps for getting the call right. Uh, let me know your th- And I thought Boone did the right thing by arguing and getting kicked out. I understand his perspective, and I understand the rule in place that you got to challenge it within 15 seconds. It shouldn't be the scoreboard. But isn't the point of all this to get the call right? They got the call right. It was a complicated situation because between me and you, there was two. My understanding of it, it was there's two, two separate situations going on, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay? There were two separate potential uh, you know, reviews going on. So, uh, you know, it was one of those situations, and we all agree that replay is great, but it was one of those that, not knowing what, what happened internally, like what happened, the details of it, it was one that was a complicated because you had two separate potential replays going on. Yeah, and then, you know, obviously the the 15, well, that's what Francona was saying about the potential of the runner scoring before the out at second base. 
Uh, but but the whole point was that you're not, I guess, allowed to replay or go to the replay if it's over 15 seconds or, or challenge it after 15 seconds. So it's a little bit of a mess. But my, I mean, you, Omar, you worked in baseball a long time. Isn't the whole point of this to get the calls right? I believe it is. You know, what I'm saying that. That being said, you know, it, it, the point is to get it right. But there are situations that can be complicated, and this is one of those that was very complicated. How about the Rays start in your division, 11-0? and 0. I've never seen anything like it. I don't understand it. They have no money, yet all they do is churn out teams that win year after year. How remarkable is it what the Rays have been able well, to you do? you got to give them credit. you got to test Odell. You know, uh, what they do year in, year out with their payroll, and I can speak for us, a guy that was in Montreal, uh, you know, you know, they remind me a little bit of uh, how we have to manage Mont- how we did Montreal. You play in that turf, you got to play a different style, so you got to give them credit. Congratulations, Omar, your son making it to the show. He gets uh, the contract with the Blazers here to close out the year. Have you been watching some Portland Trailblazer basketball? Oh, of course, yeah, of course. You know what? You know, Sal, like people ask me, you know, hey, how was it? And before I said to myself, you know, if my kid ever makes it to the NBA, I think I'm going to cry, you know. And when we, I was fortunate to be there for him when they got called up and we were in Memphis uh, and they play uh, uh, the Grizzly. Uh, and it was more so, you know what, as a father, it became me and my wife and myself, you know, my wife and us. It was more reflective. Like we thought about like how many, and I think I could speak for so many parents out there you know what i'm saying uh you know uh, and i say this you know i want to say especially uh you know because i understand the rick wolf passed away yes what a great man what a great guy he was to talk to parents about raising kids and playing sports and but when that question comes up it was had to do more like as a parent you reflect it on all those like times like you know in the driveway when your shot, your kid was shooting the ball. It was hot. It was cold. It was raining. All these things, and then like, and all the all the road trips you got to take, and all that stuff. It was more reflection, and for us, it was a blessing that you know he made it uh, there, that he got that position. And like I told him, they can't take that away from you. You know what I'm saying? You you are an NBA player today, and you'll be an NBA ex NBA player when 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 it's not all said and done. So uh, it was, it, you know, yes, it, for us it was like as a family, but not only as a family. I mean, we live in Harrington Park, New Jersey, from uh, Northern Valley, uh, the Northern Valley, uh, uh, you know, what is it, a high school. It, it, you felt like the whole community was part of that success, and that's what's made it special. Gives you know? me goosebumps hearing that, Omar. Uh, happy for you and your family, of course. What a thrill. And classy bringing up Rick Wolf, the untimely passings. I, I was shocked to hear that. Oh, I love I love Rick. You know, I knew his father. I played against Rick. We play. He played for the Robins in New Rochelle. I used to play for you know and Bob Wolf and the whole family. And but you know, Rick was. I used to listen to Rick on Saturday. I think it was Sunday morning. Sunday mornings, yeah, twenty five years. I was you talking. Know, with I Trump. listened to him and I tried to hire him a couple of times because he was a great uh, sports psychologist. Tried to hire him a couple of times. Uh, well, what a great guy, what a great man, and uh, condolences to his family and to all his listeners, too. You know, Rick was an unbelievable guy. Uh, and to you, uh, as you said, we worked together answering why, and I will tell you, listeners, working with Sal, it is fun <laughs> because he is so... <laughs> I, know. I love working with you. I'm now. a nut job. I'm a nut job. I know. I'm surprised you didn't. Lo- I love that. You I, know what I'm saying? I'm glad you didn't lose my number. I appreciate you getting and back to me. Listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. 
listen to me. You ended up winning. Remember when we, we made the uh, the poll as far as how many how much money was going to be spent you in the off season? Yeah, I said we were doing the, the free agent pool at a judge Nimmo. I forget who else was in there. Degrom. I yep. said seven hundred million. Everybody thought I was nuts or overshooting it. I was almost right on the button. Well, it went over that. It went way over that. <laughs> Uh, unbe- right, unbelievable. Now, and I appreciate you giving me the call for that as well. But, Omar, we miss you over at SNY. Continued success to both your son, Justin, in the NBA with the Blazers, and, of course, you with the Yankees. Don't be a stranger. We'll be in touch throughout the course of the season, Omar. Well, always good talking to you. All the best. Keep us uh, and many, much, much success to you, okay? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 